0: Spiritually superstitious. Call me elitist. But I like eating kosher because it makes me feel less common. Less ordinary blah and less indecisive than Jared Kushner while holding up the salad bar line at the Bellagio. Plus... Eating kosher makes me feel better than non-practicing Jews. Whenever an Italian deli guy gets triggered and says, no bacon with that, and I'll say, is my egg and cheese order not manly enough for you, Dominic? I ain't no fag, Scalante. Plus, I can watch the showrunner of Everyone Loves Raymond, Phil Rosenthal, on Somebody Feed Phil on Netflix, squirm with surging discomfort around the actor from Treme after the black actor from Treme tells Phil to put more swing into whatever French Creole-named sausage he tried to enunciate, <laughs> which I'm able to enjoy with divine power glee Knowing that my commitment to upholding a cogitarian comedian lifestyle will allow me to make fun of this exchange with highly bemused sardonic relish soon after. Although, in terms of comedy, nothing could beat the treme actor explaining his learning process about how he learned to discover what cured meats actually were to Phil when he said, Oh, so pate is like hogshead cheese. <laughs> Hilarious. Prior, the Treme actor explained how his use of a blood bucket growing up in Louisiana was used in the making of a blood sausage for his family. And I'm thinking Phil Rosenthal, showrunner of Everyone Loves Raymond and host of Somebody Feed Phil, has less in common with this actor's roots, than white man's disease. At one point in the episode, Phil Rosenthal attends a non-kosher Seder uh, that's serving a giant gefilte fish stuffed with shrimp. And the gefilte fish, Slop Plop, is so old-world-jewy-disgusting in Microsoft Word's eyes, autocorrect doesn't even acknowledge its existence. Actually, in this instance, I was being... A self-loathing, paranoid, half Jew who was spelling felt the fish wrong prior. Reality is, my mother was raised Catholic, I think, in Kentucky. She never talks about it really before she converted to Judaism. To my dad, nailed her with his mighty Hebrew hammer. I guess seconds later, mom says, "Jesus, who? Never heard of the guy." But anything beats eating squirrel soup. So fuck off, Christian nation. I'm moving to New York into some shitty tenement in the Bronx that's not Riverdale. I'm out of here. I love the South. My favorite summer win is from the South. Katie King, who's from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, to be exact. We met in Kennedy country in Chatham, Cape Cod, which was the first time I asked God for anything. At the beach, I say, God, I don't need Marilyn Monroe, just a summer romance of some kind. So I could have someone to think about while I Remember You by Skid Row plays on the radio. Although Sebastian Bach, lead singer of Skid Row, sporting a shirt back in the day that read AIDS kill fag dead is an extraneous exclamation point at that point. In the sentence, God delivered with resounding authority and gave me the scent of the South. In the form of Katie King. Outside of my great-great-great-grandfather, Austin Goller, saving his boyhood friend, Abel Lincoln, from drowning. While running home late for some raccoon soup. While crossing Knob Creek. This will go down as the greatest save since JFK kept Marilyn warm for Bobby. But what was God saving me from exactly, outside of more ordinary blah? Easy. He saved me from nonstop hurt, because good loving is what I got. Sublime lives. Holla! Thank you, sweet Lord. Very, very much. More importantly, until then, I never knew or had any clue about my capacity for being a joy spreader for others. During one of our last nights together, after another legendary kiss that went on for years in a good way, my dear Katie King said, I never knew somebody could make me so happy. <laughs> Unfortunately, Katie, my impersonation of you sounds too much like Adam Sandler <laughs> and Waterboy. Being a New York Yankee who sported a circumcised schlong versus the anteater look between my legs tipped the laws of attraction in my favor, too. So maybe my mom converted to Judaism because settling for the anteater look between some southern gent's legs would have circumcised her happiness also. I fell in love with crawfish and all its succulent manifestations while working as a waiter. At a Creole style restaurant on Park Slope ages ago. Back when Lena Dunham had much skinnier arms and wasn't so full of herself, before morphing into the hunchback of Bushwick during restaurant week, before birth rates in Brooklyn had reached an all time low due to overweight hobbit hipsters pulling out early from excessive meat sweats. At the same time, Lena Dunham's encouraged arm flapper look wasn't encouraging more. Porking over pounding, more pork buns either. Crawfish. You know, shrimp with personality. Think Madeline Kahn over Samantha B. I I had crazy sex with a girl from St. Louis during Mardi Gras on my friend's couch. In and out of a blackout powered haze. Although I remember sucking face with her after drinking a hand grenade prior. And she tasted fantastic. So I have plenty of love for Southern accentuated fun. You can't beat Southern loving hospitality like this. So why forsake more drunken revelry down on the big easy where banging random giving girls from Washington University you just met is easy because my dick would fall off from overexertion and pop out of its joy socket (laughs) in real time. Either that or I'd wake up in two months without a livable liver because of my own self-inflicted wounds, <laughs> because my crazy hick DNA refuses to die. <laughs> but what are my ungodly reasons for sticking with the kosherarian diet, for the home stretch of my life? For starters, abstaining from pork shields me from future charges of Islamophobia, especially after a smartphone catches one of my future performances uh, Caroline's on Broadway, when I say a two-state solution is never-ending as long as Hamas keeps fucking. I'm also drawn to bragging rights for one-upping my dad. Do we eat kosher in our house on 7 Glenwood for 22 years in Edgemont, New York? Yes, but we ate Chinese and Bonville Parm in the Bronx and veal Supper prosciutto and a delectable white wine mushroom sauce. All these Delicious meals being outside our home, which isn't the same thing exactly. It's not what I would call a you know completely pure um, monogamous relationship with the kosher diet. <laughs> now, I'm not against swinging both ways, but for once, I'm committed to a monogamous relationship with kosher law, and I don't mind feeling like a slut in a straitjacket in this instance, which is a welcome Change of pace. I also like forward upward motion, which is why I'm doing my year without beer. As of right now, I'm a degenerate Jew, as to count those fingers, but we're almost April, May, June, July, August. Almost five months in, (laughs) almost half a year. (laughs) The fact that I had to count my fingers proves my fact that I am a degenerate Jew for a reason. I also like forward upper motion, which again is why I'm doing my year without beer, so I can drop whatever dead weight that's prevented me from achieving do-it-all dad dunking out glory. So working towards being a coach tearing comedian lifer that's constantly striving to reach a higher spiritual place of fulfillment is a soul cleansing place to be, especially after pleasuring yourself to thirdleggedbeauties.com prior. <laughs> being a hit blasting coach comedian the past 13 months. 120 comedy records later, 121 last licks coming up tomorrow, beats Jolton Joe's 56-game hitting streak by a mile. So that's an ungodly reason to stick with my funny man, coachitarian, (coughs) comedian path that gives me a leg up on my competition, knowing how God's hooking me up with more sheets of comedy gold in return. And, like Ron Shelton wrote in Bill Durham, you don't fuck with a winning streak. Plus, at this late in the game, I don't want to cheat myself out of the holiness I feel from upholding my kosher diet. I think my kids would be less disappointed if I carried on a new love affair with a fan of my WordPress blog and then breaking my kosher diet, really. Other ungodly reasons to stick with the koshering diet is to ensure that my book, The Koshering Comedian, gets published one day. In spite of the mass bitch at the bookstore in Rhinebeck, New York, who acted grossed out perplexed when I asked if they had a kosher cookbook section, she gives me an immediate no. And I say, what if I asked you for a halal cookbook section? They gave shout outs to Allah in honor of all the porking you get to do in Allah's gangster paradise as a reward for killing more infidel bitches like yourself. Hashtag hacking. Hymens to shawarma shreds. Blood on the burka lives. Ungodly reasons. Hala! Thank you very much. <laughs> it's tempting to break my kosherian diet when I visit a semi-close bud from college in St. Louis later this summer to see George Thorogood and the Destroyers. Sammy Hagar is the opening act. I hear Sammy Hagar's tequila goes down Van Halen light. Will I be able to turn down smoked brisket and burnt ends in St. Louis away from my three Beamish kids for two nights? Well, my youngest isn't carving up mommy's uh, dresser or cutting up the ring post for the old school WWF ring that I got him, that I sold the spleen for, for Hanukkah, uh, two Hanukkahs ago. (laughs) With no restrictions, outside of abstaining from bourbon and banging some random chick without passing out my condom first. (laughs) We'll see. But I'm looking forward to some man-on-man bonding company. Even more so than suckling down some pitmaster-made brisket. Well pitch it by butt New Ideas for my screenplay, Gum King of New York, by the stay-at-home dad, who reinvents himself as a pitchman star in the QVC during his year without beer while hawking his new brand of hop flavored gum, Hop-A-Rama-Chew. I plan on selling the action comedy adventure as a cross between the Joy and the Founder. Except its origin story takes place in St. Louis, 2022, with some Midwest Jewish mobsters in Kansas City, a la casino, thrown in between. Ultimately, though, I just don't want to fuck up my winning streak on the keyboard. Call me spiritually superstitious, then. At the same time, I also enjoy my slimmed-down physique. That's a direct result of a veggie-loaded, cochetarian diet. And I refuse to let Phil Rosenthal look more wide-eyed, happy-slim for having less of a need for fostering a divine connection than the need to provide edgy, funny-man commentary on his tour of Copenhagen for somebody feet fill, such as Copenhagen is known for its inclusive diversity embedded into its architectural surroundings, such as these Moroccan tiled fountains and this fake-news, no-go zone area over here. (laughs) Every morning, I thank God the opportunity to go closer to him. And sticking to the coach diet has allowed me to do that, although Bill Maher would prefer to call him my imaginary friend. So be it. Rocky's been Stallone's imaginary friend for four decades straight, and it's paid off handsomely for Sly. Although learning that 420, the national pot-smoking holiday, is on Hitler's birthday, was a total bummer discovery. Man, equal to when learning how Sly Stallone was responsible for sneaking Mel Gibson into Expendables 3. I also close out every morning prayer session with thanking Hashem, the Most High, for the opportunity to go closer with Him. And I feel that sticking with the Coach Darian Diet is a nice tender touch that helps keep our love connection alive. Versus my wife rolling over to the other side of the equator whenever I try to snuggle her for all times sake. At night. Is the coacharian diet my life preserver needed to achieve? Publishing glory? Or just a cute gimmick fad to create a niche on LinkedIn? Time will tell. But for now, I'm all in on God. No more in and out of God. Call me. Superstitiously faithful. I don't give a shit. All I know is that my son the other day says in a semi-joking manner, I don't like life to make me laugh before camp. But wish you were here vibes are easy to sense. And I say, what you mean, Samuel, is that you don't like your life when daddy isn't in it as much since you started camp. And you're pissing in your bed again because camp is ending soon and you're scared about missing out uh, more hangout time with Daddy once kindergarten starts, correct? Or you're just obsessed in coming up with a myriad amount of ways to uh, piss off Mama. <laughs> Come rain or shine, Sinatra lives. Ha! Thank you very much. Sun tears up. Son tears up a tad and says, "You're not such a moron, son. After all, Daddy." But once camp is over, I get to sell your books and comedy CDs with you, like Flipper Burr Baby. Deal, Daddy? So why would I want to give God sloppy second consideration for the sake of crawfish pie when he continues to bless me with such an endlessly growing love life? like this, especially knowing how anger is normally a realer emotion than love, but not in this instance. For example, how often do you hear your wife or girlfriend say, I love you, without it sounding manufactured hoarse, like she's forcing the issue to avoid a divorce? On the other hand, when you say, I hate what New York City has become, because no bail policies have turned the big apple into eyes without any Proud Boys to bail your ass out of trouble in sight. When my son says, I hate hanging out with mommy, what he's really saying is that he prefers hanging out time with daddy because he gets bored too easily. around mama for extended periods of time. I always knew the kid was a quick learner, but what makes one parent more lovable than the other? Selective tenderness? Maybe. But I think it comes down to involving your kids in your life, which is easier to do when you're a stay-at-home shima comedian for five years in a row. Since my lucky. Number three. Chosen curls was bound to who was born. Kids love back because you make them feel like the center of the universe instead of the reverse. Having your father's shoulders collapse when you go in for a hug gives you the distinct opposite impression. Plus, funnier dad, happier baby. And Victor Borge says, Laughter is the shortest distance between two people. So if you could find a way. To make your loved ones, especially your kids, laugh more, you'll grow closer to them for it. When your children laugh, especially from your own efforts, you grow closer to the divine, which for me is the cherry on top. And who doesn't want a piece of that pie? And there's nothing common or ordinary blah about that. Spiritually superstitious. You bet your ass I am. Ha! Thank you very much. And this is the Do-It-All Dad Year podcast. Dad-friendly entertainment for you and me. Controlling our kids' economy can make our kids great again. My three fuss-free kids, 90% of the time, are living proof of it. The Pause Daddy podcast is now officially back to its original title. That's the franchise that started it all. <laughs> do it all dad year. <laughs> and we definitely plan on making this year our beer our do it all dad year come true. And for all you longtime fans and new time listeners, tomorrow, I'll be releasing my final comedy record of brand new material (laughs) that will be offered for free for now. (laughs) And that will be Last Lex. And I might give you guys a bonus afterwards and do a best of mix where I perform a chapter each from all my books. Uh, because after that, I'm going to be printing out uh, manuscripts and for Ways to Height really short stories, seriously clowning, and the co-starring comedians, while my wife is in Delaware with my kids, and I'll be able to get that out there to the publishers and agents, and at least I can say to myself, okay. So before you get a real job, you could say that you gave this your best shot. And so feeling very exalted. Also plan on getting on stage again while my wife is in here with my kids. <laughs> so I know that I won't get grooved for it. And so I'm really excited about that development also. But, and this, I can't even recall the last time I did a podcast sitting down. But I'm enjoying the change of pace. And I know that I have a hard time being boring, even though I'm talking at a slower pace, especially compared to Phil Rosenthal. So I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. But I just want to thank everyone uh, that has encouraged my, my writing development, my comedic development, and for everyone on my WordPress blog and on SoundCloud who want me to go all the way and to not give up on performing live again, to not give up on literary dreams, and to not give up on doing me. So thank you. Long time, all the time. And I'll talk to you guys soon.